All right, guys, we're gonna get started here right now. This is the Meet the Press panel. So if you guys wanna get any press in our local media, these are the people you wanna know. Please sit down and be quiet. <laughs> I'm looking at you, word is bond management. Everybody. <laughs> all right, so we're gonna get started then. The way we start all these is we start at one end, we work our way down, let everybody give a little introduction to themselves, and then uh, we'll, we'll take it from there. We'll start talking, we'll, uh, we're doing a little jazz freestyle here. Uh, how you doing, folks? My name is Matt Matei. I write for the Times Leader and the Week Editor, and I'm an arts and entertainment journalist. I'm Rich Howells. I'm the founder and editor of NEPA Scene, an independent arts and entertainment website in the area. My name is Jeff Pittenger. I am the founder and owner of the Pennsylvania Pipeline Music TV. I've also sang in the band White Witch and Monster Track Supergroup since 1984. Uh, Tori Thomas, uh, Program Director, Afternoon Drive on 97.9X in Wilkes-Barre. Hi, my name is Freddie Fabry. <laughs> no, what, no, you probably would have seen me there before. I work for Intercom Communications and a bunch of other um, independent artists and whatnot. It's good to be here. Well, we can start with you. Far out, man. All right. All right. So this is the Meet the Press. Yeah. All right. So uh, we have a lot of local artists here, and their first question is going to be, how do I get noticed by you? How do you get noticed by me? If you have a kit, if you have a CD, if you have one song, if you have it on a drive or whatever, just come up and be cool. A lot of people come up a lot of times, and they want to do the big sell right off the bat. Just a, I'm an approachable guy, and I'm sure the rest of the people on the pen I know they're approachable people. And... Uh, you always hear watch egos this that and the other well you know what that's really not the case all the time you got to feel it out for yourself do not ever be afraid to approach somebody with your project and speak with them or ask them to come out to your gig and take pictures or cover them in an article or ask somebody from radio that's our job um, playing music so if you want to ask you never have to be afraid and if you are fight through it because that's how you get the first start now somebody might grab something from you and throw it down or throw it in the the back seat of their car and they might not listen to it but the people that are genuine and I'll speak for myself and I know the rest of the people on this panel are as well they're genuine they're gonna take an interest in you because they're here we all started this because we love music in the first place so that's my first take on that yeah, what he said is pretty much the same, and especially when you're dealing with um, radio stations, a lot of times if you're looking for a way to submit your music to radio um, to find out how to get your song played on the air, that information a lot of times is on a radio station website, but if it's not, don't be afraid to reach out to somebody on the staff, whether it is the program director like myself or another DJ perhaps that you know is really tied into the local scene, reach out to them and ask them, hey, I want to get you my music, I, I want somebody to listen to it or review it or perhaps play on the radio don't be afraid to do that yeah well everything they said and and also um, you know you you want to build up relationships with people especially for all the younger people so if the world's here 20 years from now and God I hope it is 
you want to you want to build up meaningful relationships with people that matter and that no amount of money can buy relationships 20 10 5 10 years down the road it's all about respecting other people and don't bash other bands because when people that matter see that they remember it Yeah, like you said, I mean, we're, we're, we're all pretty approachable. I go to a lot of shows. I'm pretty much at, uh, you know, shows during the week, during the weekend. You know, it's, it's a 24-7 job. But, uh, you know, we're, as a digital publication, uh, a lot of people approach us online. Uh, I think there's good ways and bad ways to do that. I'm sure we're, we'll, we'll get into that a little bit more. But just off the top of my head, um, you know, if you're going to ask people to, to, uh, to cover you, to do it in a professional manner, uh, to, you know, present information uh, that makes us interested in, in what you have to do. Everybody, I think, has a story, and I think all stories are good and worth telling. Um, you might not think that you have much of a story, like, oh, a bunch of us got together and started a band, but there's something to that. There's something special about that. You know, what is that hook? What is that thing that is going to make us want to write about you and, and feature you and things like that? Because uh, the, one of the things, too, and I, I'm sure we'll talk about this as well, we get overwhelmed with requests uh, all of us do you know even as a, a small indie publication uh, I get uh, hundreds of emails a week uh, uh, messages on on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram and all kinds of stuff and sometimes that could be a, well pretty much all the time is very overwhelming and uh, there are better ways to go about that and uh, I think one of those big things is to start with a press kit um, to have uh, professional photos ready to to have a bio about uh, your band ready, uh, to have all the information on your Facebook page. You'd think that's something that is com is common and everybody would do that, and it's not. You know, like there was a band that I see that's trying to promote a CD release uh, just the other day, and uh, first thing I did was, oh, you know, I, I, I like those guys. I've seen them before. Uh, I'll, I'll post about the release, but I only have about an hour to do it before I have to get somewhere and do something. So I went to the, the, the page to find out more information about them. They didn't have who the band members were. They didn't have anything about them, what city they're from. They had no music online to stream so that I could listen to it or plug it into uh, the article itself. It, they, but they had spammed a, uh, a Facebook link to uh, their upcoming CD release show over and over and over and over again. And it's like in the time that you spent to do that, which is pretty ineffective for the most part, you probably could have had all that information ready to go and I would have been able to do that post. Now I have to go out of my way and do a lot more work and research and contact you and hope you get back to me in time and you know to meet certain deadlines and things like that and that's even more so uh, on the print end which uh, I'm sure this guy can get into. I actually couldn't agree with Rich more about being very transparent um, with information. Uh, there's really no detail that's too small concerning who you are, what you do. Um, making that very forward with a publication makes our jobs a hell of a lot easier. And um, uh, to, to build on that, there's really no event that's too small to reach out about. I mean, if you have a new record that you want to promote or an album release party, uh, that certainly could get turned into a feature-length article. Uh, that's 
you know, what would be called newsworthy. We have new music to get to our readership. Um, and also, uh, anything that would be community-oriented, you have to think about as something that could be a full-length feature article in a newspaper. If you're playing a benefit for a great cause, for a nonprofit organization, something like that, that is good stuff that you should not hesitate to reach out about. Um, also, this is a big one, don't get discouraged. You reach out about something and it doesn't reach the right people the first time around, don't let it stop you from trying the second time around, right? There are a lot of different avenues. Sometimes you get the wrong phone number, the wrong email address. Um, I'm like Rich, I can't speak for everybody on the panel, but I'm an easy guy to find. You can find me on Facebook, I never ever, uh, have any uh, reservations about communicating through that venue. You can always reach out. But with, um, with even the small things, right, we can't, no one, uh, no media outlets can publicize every single thing that you do, every gig that you do. But in, in the print media especially, uh, we have things on a weekly basis like listings, events listings that are going on, right? We have uh, every week in our, in our, in our weekly, uh, in the weekender we do a uh, couple uh, affordable things to do within Scranton, Wilkes-Barre, uh, even the Poconos, if you're playing a gig in the Poconos, we can get, we can list these things, but it's very, very important to have all the information there, right? Um, if you sent me a Facebook message that said, hey Matt, uh, we're playing um, you know, at a bar in Scranton this week, on Saturday night, the important things to think about are very simple, time, date, location, right? Throw the address in there if you can. One or two uh, sentences about the band, just to give it you know, a little bit of color in the listing. And uh, this is one that a lot of people don't think about. Is there a cover charge, right? Is it free? Or does it cost people five bucks to get in, right? Most people, I find, um, I mean, I've been, I never do this, right? When I'm going to see a band, I'm going to see a band. But I've seen people get out of line at a bar because they got there and they didn't know it was seven bucks to get in. Sounds silly, right? But if we can tell them ahead of time that they're gonna pay seven bucks to see you play, they're there with the money in their pocket, right? So uh, that's all for that. Last night at uh, the Kildares, a group of girls walked up, saw there was a cover, very disappointed they left. I got in my car because I was running around the rooms. I was standing. I, I was standing outside the backyard ale house. By the time they had walked over there, they saw me. I never saw such disappointed faces on anybody before. <laughs> they realized there was a cover there too, and they saw it's passed on. But um, anyway, to bring it back, and we can just come right down the line again. Um, so you guys get flooded with requests, I'm sure. For each of your individual outlets, what is a realistic expectation of a band or an act from you? Everybody has limitations of what they can do. What's an unreasonable request? What's your, uh, what should they, what can you provide them? What can't you provide them with? As to not disappoint somebody when they do reach out to you, you know? So I, it's my first show. I've never played a show before. Um, it's our album release, but we don't know if there's gonna be two people there. Should I expect the cover of the weekend? Or like what, what's, a, what's a realistic request when reaching out to you and what should they expect you? Uh, absolutely. I'm, I, I can let you into the way uh, print journalism works now, and this is certainly not the way it goes for every print publication in this area. Um, the way it works with the Times Leader, with the organization that I work for, uh, is we no longer have um, uh, in-house designers and uh, production people. Right? That means that gets outsourced. That means that our deadlines are way earlier than a newspaper's deadlines should ever be. 
okay? Um, so when you're thinking about what gets on the cover of the Weekender, um, that usually gets decided weeks ahead of time, right? I think a lot of people will be surprised to know that, right? Usually three weeks out, we know what's gonna get put on the cover of the Weekender. Usually I don't know. Usually my editors know. Okay, um, and because of that, one of the biggest things is if you have something that you feel is a big event that you want the most coverage for possible, there is no too early to let somebody know about it, okay? Um, I would say three weeks out is the minimum. You got an album release party? Try to plan to have that all together as early as you can. And, and it, it, will get, it will get placed better the earlier that article is done. So the harder you can work, and I'm not gonna pretend that event planning's easy, uh, it's, it's difficult. And sometimes, you know, Joe's put on a production this week, he was probably what, working until five minutes before the Steamtown Music Awards started, still finishing details, right? Event planning is not easy, but if you're gonna drop a record and you're gonna have a big album release party for it, the earlier you get it to a publication, the better placement you will get. I think that's the best advice I can give on it. Uh, also, there's a lot of places, uh, uh, whether it's event listings in print or, you know, in, in my case, uh, uh, blogging, you know, I, I'm a bit different with, uh, with deadlines and stuff like that, but advance notice is still very, very important. And uh, one of the ways that I save a little bit of time is uh, a lot of the venues around here will send me uh, a very nice press release that will explain all the details that I need to know uh, about the event and include a bio about the band, like the Kirby Center is probably the best example. They give perfect press releases. It has absolutely everything that you would need to know, plus a high-resolution photo of the act that they have. Uh, it has, uh, you know, time, day, place, all that good stuff, the ticket prices, and also uh, information about the band, a full bio and things to get, you know, people interested in it. Because it's not only just to interest me as a writer, but also to interest the public. So I put those out right away. I try to get those out as immediately as possible. So as soon as the Kirby sends me something, I try to have it out within a couple of hours and have it on the web and ready to go. So if a band were to send me something like that, I would treat it the same way and put it right out. And a lot of times I get uh, you know, vague emails or things like that that are just kind of like, uh, oh, would you be interested in this? Well, what is this? You didn't you didn't go any further than that. Or, you know, I, I, I think, uh, and, and I'm sure everybody on this panel can speak to this, uh, you know, like I said before, our emails get flooded with requests and a lot of times uh, like uh, like in Google for example I use Gmail and it puts things in three different tabs and there's uh, you know there's a, the, the the regular tab there's the uh, social media tab and there's a uh, promotions tab and the promotions it kind of puts uh, kind of the stuff that feels like spam you know it feels like stuff that's not as important and I get a lot of those from record companies I have tons and tons of record companies that send me information about their bands and it's all very well organized very well put together and stuff like that, but a lot of that can get lost in the shuffle because I get so many a day. They just send me those over and over again. So if you send me the same generic kind of requests that a lot of other people are sending, it's probably going to get thrown in there, and I might not even see it. You know, I might not catch it till after the fact. Whereas if you send me something a little bit more personal, uh, I might be more interested. Like if you show, you know, I, I think, I, and, and I'll say this uh, many times, promotion works both ways. So you know, we like 
to feel wanted just like you guys want to feel wanted. So if you send me a message and say, hey, I really liked the article you did on this band this week. By the way, I also have a band, you know, and we're doing this and that sort of thing. That little bit of flattery goes a long way. And it makes me feel like, oh, okay, this person also cares about my publication and the future of what I'm doing just as much as I care about arts and entertainment in the area in that band. And that probably isn't going to get thrown in that other folder because it's a more personal request. It's something that's upfront that talk that talks to me on a personal level. And so I'm probably going to pay a little bit more attention to that uh, amongst the, the, the many requests that I get. I personally don't like... Uh, I, I get a lot of Facebook messages and I don't get back to a lot of them because I just get so many and it's like I can only manage so many inboxes at a time. So like he said before, don't get discouraged. You know, if I didn't if I didn't message you back right away, it's not like I, I hate your guts or I don't think you're, you're worth writing about or anything like that. It has nothing to do with it. It's just I have so much time to get out as much as I can in a day and, you know, I'm human. I have to sleep sometimes too, although I sleep very little. So... Okay, this is a couple things I want to touch on. Um, the last panel that was talking. Um, first of all, when you get in touch with people that you, you want to play, you want to be polite. Send them links that matter. You can't, people are not going to look all over the world to try to find your information. If you don't have it, if you're not, if you're in a band and you can't even manage a website, even on Facebook, I don't know, man, because people are not going to go out of their way to look up all that stuff. It's not their job. Their job is to help you get into places that matter. Excuse me. And, and you know, people are super busy. They are not going to look all over the world to try to find your stuff. So that's, you want to be organized. Secondly, I want to talk as a promoter because I've been, I've booked, promoted, and handled production for hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of bands since 82. And um, the music scene is different today than it was in the 80s and early 90s. And there are many factors for that. One of them being DUI laws. No, it really is. It, the game has changed the way it's played. And if you can hook up with the way I do it, I book six to 10 bands per show. Um, when bands feel like they're a part of a, a bigger event, and I start the promotions a month ahead of time, you, you can't put a premium on how soon you can promote. You know I mean, you don't want to start it two months out, but 30 days is really a, really a good thing if you, you know, and you want to, the way I do it, I pay each band 100 bucks. But I'm getting them on the radio five times a day. They're in every newspaper that I can possibly get my hands into. And, um, you know, one, once bands get booked to those, then they start promoting it more because they're part of something. People want to feel like they're a part of something. They really do. And, and I can just tell you that the, the amount of people that come through the door are a lot more than if you just try to do shows by yourself or with one or two other bands. It's not the same result. And um, so I would say, you know, you, if, when you want to get people's attention, be polite, send them the stuff. When they get back to you, which they will, usually they will, have all your stuff organized, and that will speed up the process for you. I'm going to answer this question from the event promotion uh, theme that we've been using here. Um, working in radio, I'm going to be completely honest with you. Like, let's say you're having a record release party at uh, some bar. 
a lot of times my hands will be tied in promoting an event at a bar because my sales department will come to me and say, does, well, does that bar advertise with us? And you're now giving them free promotion. So the way that we normally do it is we have a local music show that we have Sunday nights at nine o'clock. So if you know that you're going to be playing next week at Joe's Bar, I will give my DJ, Crisco, who hosts that show, the freedom to give you a cursory mention on that show. But I can't really do anything outside of that, especially if the bar doesn't advertise with us. But you know, a lot, a lot like what they said, you have to get to us early because Crisco will plan out the show. I give him complete creative control on what music gets played on that show. It doesn't matter what genre it is. It doesn't matter if it's rock or country. He can play whatever he wants. The only thing he cannot play is a song with a curse word on it because we kind of need our FCC license to continue to work. Um, but for the most part, get it to us early. So if three weeks down the road, you know, you're playing a, you know, a CD release party or something along those lines, make sure he has that information well in advance. Yeah, I may heard a lot of good stuff from everything from the DUI laws, which has a lot to do with people showing up and being part of stuff. I remember, I don't want to go back too far down memory lane, but there was a time in this area and uh, where, and I'm sure back where originally where Tori comes from too, you go out on a Friday or Saturday night and you'd be able to hit a bar in Archbold and see a band and then drive to Wilkesbury from 10 to midnight to see a band at the station or somewhere and you didn't give a shit. You didn't care because you know we wanted to see as many bands as you could you saw a classic rock style band out in a smaller town like Archbold or Einan and there was 100 150 people there then you went to see the big you know publicized pop slash rock band that was playing in Wilkesbury and you got such a full maybe you stopped and hit a Skinner tribute band on the way at the glowing stump somewhere in Duryea which was some of the greatest times of my life but you were able to do that and you would nowadays if you have to ask if a band's playing like where are they playing oh they're playing here it's 30, 40 miles out. The first thing people are thinking, man, where are the stadies at if I have to take the interstate, whatever. Now, if anybody's going to get totally obliterated and get behind the wheel, they deserve to get picked up and roll over. But I'm talking about the social cat that's burning off that alcohol because they're rocking out in front of the stage, but they might smell a little bit like booze or whatnot. That has a lot to do with it. That's a very big thing. And as far as what Tori was saying, working in radio too, and I'm not trying to contrast anything. I, the laws and the rules that she talked about, I defied every single one of them. Every single one of them uh, to the point where I was fired and almost was until things started breaking through. Then everybody wanted to jump on that same damn train that I was getting in trouble for, but that's fine. And I'm not stating that you do that. You want my attention and I'm gonna be honest with you and whether you guys agree with it or not, and you wanna try to have me help you out, here's the deal. Always have one rolled. Always have one rolled. That's the deal. If you smoke weed, I'm gonna give you attention. I'm gonna sit down with you and I'm gonna really try it. The better quality of the weed that you smoke with me, I'm gonna be good. I love smoking pot, I'm stoned right now, and that's the way it is. I'll give you time. I can think it's all telling you the deal. And if you don't smoke, find your older brother that still does and always have one rolled. And I'll get, I'm serious, man, I'm being straight up. Cause I love you that much. And that's how much attention in my mind is a lot more clear and it takes it off all the bullshit that we put up with through the course of the day, speaking for myself. But mainly like stay, keep, make 
sure you're approachable as well because sometimes you know like people that are into this and looking for a new thing to talk about that are genuinely in this business because they love it they might see you you might seem appealing they might have heard something about your band from somebody they might approach you so it's also important that you stay approachable and just stay down earth and if you're looking to talk to me man always have one rolled I agree with what he said, by the way. <laughs> All right, then. I don't even know how to se segue yeah, from there. I'm sorry, right. Joe. You're fine. Let's talk about your fabulous grooming, man. You Thank look great you. today, by the way. Great. I haven't showered since Thursday. Um, <laughs> yeah. All right. So as far as I, you guys could touch on this a little bit, I, and I know we're focusing on the local aspect. Now, but you guys know people. You, you're in the industry. When you're going, you're a local band as opposed to a national band. What are your limitations as a, as a local act to the attention that you can garner as opposed to the pull that someone of a larger scale has? And just so that so there's an understanding, because I think a lot of times there's a frustration that happens, and all of that comes out of just not understanding that there, there's certain, certain things that people's hands are tied by people that are way above them, whereas your local DJs, your local writers, they love you and they want to help you as much as they can, but sometimes there's a, there's, there's a glass ceiling of where it can go and um, where it has to stop and where it can begin. So I'll, I'll let... He, he knows better than anybody. <laughs> and we have the ideal guy for it, right? <laughs> well, it's funny when you say that. A lot of the people, when I was, when some of the coolest things I've ever been involved in with the people that I was dealing with, a lot of them are gone. A lot of them are gone. They're not in the positions that they were back at the time when things were happening as far as I was concerned. A lot of them have moved on and owned pizza parlors or got disenchanted with the industry. Some of them died. And a lot of people, you know, just moved on because unfortunately, and a lot of us that were back, I think the last real solid time that I can remember where record companies were throwing down money and open to speak to anybody as far as an act you discovered from your area was somewhere in the mid to late 90s where you would hear of a rock band getting a deal for five hundred, six hundred thousand, seven hundred thousand $600,000, $700,000 to go in, so when people hear that, they got to realize that a record deal, that money is not just thrown at you if you're new, if they believe you. That's the budget that you have for recording your record, promoting your record, maybe going out on tour. And there was ridiculous money. Breaking Benjamin went out in their first year. They were the fourth band on a four-band bill with Godsmack. And they paid, Hollywood Records paid $120,000 for Breaking Ben to play 25 minutes, get paid $100 to be that opening band on that slot. Now, the guarantee was that they were going to play in front of 2,500 to 5,000 people per night for this West Coast tour. But that money was recoupable by the band. So that money had to be owed by the band before, no matter how much the record sold or royalties that came in for any kind of licensing, that money that was thrown at Godsmack, at Godsmack, for that band to play on a bill where they were promised 5,000 seats, 5,000 asses in the seats, for that band to get exposure, 120 grand, 120 grand. That money came out of whatever Breaking Band was gonna make from those record sales. So you have to look at things and say, what do I want? What do I, what do I consider successful? And what kind of people do I wanna stick around with? Because you could have clutch success 
which is a great success, and I'm sure they're not living in big mansions, highly respected, filling up a club wherever they go. They're gonna make more money, unfortunately, in Europe than they're gonna make here, or do you want the kind of pink success or Pearl Jam success? You have to have an idea of that when you're approaching people as well. Because one thing, and this might be going off a little bit, I love when, when I ask somebody, and you guys could probably relate to this, so what do you want to do with your music? What do you, what do you expect from talking to me or talking to anybody on this bill? And a lot of them be, well, I just want my music to be heard and I want people to like it and I want to be able to play out and make a living doing it. And I'm like, okay, so you're playing these three bars this week and you're making 300 bucks for each night and you have your 100, 150 friends and fans coming up. Congratulations, you made your goal. Because in that case, if that's the deal, if you're making a thousand bucks every two weeks or every week, probably making more than somebody busting their ass 40 hours a week at minimum wage. But if you want to be that kind of cat that says, I want to be filthy rich, I want to sit on a bus, I want to treat people like dirt, I want to be able to wear expensive sunglasses inside a dark building and have that be acceptable without being called a douche, then let me know that too because that's the level that you want to be on and that's the deal. Um, I'm working with so many jazz cats anymore, it's a whole different world. I have people in a band that I'm working with that have sold, they played on albums that have sold millions of copies, they have tons of money, and if they walked into this room, you wouldn't have one damn idea who they were because they're all about Latino jazz or millions of records sold in Germany, or they play with bands that you never heard of or their pictures are never on the cover because they're all ugly motherfuckers and then, you know, no one really gives a damn because they're jazz cats. You you don't have to be young. You're not cut off at an age limit like you are in pop or rock. But you have to have an idea of what you're truly expecting when you're speaking to a person as far as how they can help you. And that that's one thing because it, the game has changed. All my major players from the rock days are working in pizza parlors, selling rugs, writing somewhere, and it's all good, they're happy, but they're just not in the place because the game isn't like it was. You know, back in the late, I think Limp Bizkit and Korn were the last ones that could sell a million copies of a record and had some money out of the deal because they recouped because CDs were 13 and $14. Breaking Ben's first platinum album, more than half of them were sold for eight bucks. So that money's not recouped. Record companies started giving the stuff away because of technology catching up and it just made it real tough. I will say that I've noticed a, a, a trend in the industry. Uh, back in the day, um, if you were a program director at a radio station, you would have a major label promo person call you and try to get you to play the new song from Korn, for example, because you just mentioned Korn. Uh, nowadays, there's a lot of indie labels out there that are using independent promoters. And I, I tell you that to tell you this, just because you don't have a label deal doesn't mean that you can't hire an independent promoter to help you work your song to radio, but you have to make sure that they have the contacts and also make sure that they're not, I guess the way to put it is there are certain radio companies, the, the radio company that I worked at prior to coming to the one that I work at now had a specific deal that the radio program directors were not allowed to talk to independent promoters if they got paid by the ad. So in other words, if you have a song and you hire this indie promoter to work that song to radio for you and they get paid by how many stations they get your song played on, 
Clear Channel or iHeartMedia as they are now would not be able to work with that indie. So you gotta make sure that you hire them for the project. And there's a lot of great ones out there. And the major labels, I, I really have no idea how their A&R department works or, or how they get bands signed to the label, but I will tell you that I have noticed some of the smaller labels occasionally will ask me if there's any hot talent in my market, and I will occasionally forward them information on the band. And getting back to what the guys in print said earlier, uh, you know, you have to have all that information easily available so that if somebody asks me, hey, what band are you really digging that's a local band from your market, I can just send them a link to a Facebook page, perhaps, and then all your information is there for them. Just to touch real quick okay. um, on the indie, uh, I'm sorry, indie, the, promoter? The indie promoter thing. Um, and just because there's a wealth of information out there and so many articles have been written about it lately, if you guys want to look that up and for more information on that, Macklemore is the prime example of that. There's no label there. there that was his team that assembled, he put together. And I only mention that because and that's an anomaly inside anomaly, and there's so much more to it, but there's a lot of information available because so many people took an interest in that, and it's been written about so much that you can research that easily online and find out you know, just the trail that happened for that, so. I, I personally work with two um, indies that call me every week and you know, try to get me to add records, and I know that those two in particular do work with unsigned acts. As for what it costs, I have not a clue. It probably costs a pretty penny, but if you are interested in anything like that, you can feel free to email me. And, and unlike the guys over here, I, I am so bad at checking Facebook messages. The best way to get a hold of me is via my work email, which is on the radio station website. I think, honestly, the guy to answer that for you is sitting right behind you and he's on the next panel, and we can definitely touch on that next. That'd be awesome. It doesn't yep. matter for radio. We don't care what size label it is, just care whether or not the song is good. Yeah, I mean, our, our publication could care less what, if you're on a record label or not. You know, we're gonna write about you because we like what you're doing. It has nothing to do with that whatsoever. I mean, you know, for some, some publications, that's all they write about. You're not gonna, you know, if you're an indie band and you're emailing Rolling Stone saying, write about me, it's not going to happen. But if you, you know, I, I think research is, is the number one thing. Research is so, uh, research is so important uh, when it comes to finding what publication is right for you and works for you. And if you're emailing a, a hard rock website and you play, you know, pop songs, it's not, you know, it's not going to happen. And it seems like something that like would be obvious, but it's really not. You know, a lot of people will send. You know, uh, we our our primary focus is bands in northeastern Pennsylvania, and I get a lot of people from out of the area, and it's like I'd like to help you, but I. I really want to focus on this area. If you're coming here, if you're doing a tour and you're coming here, then sure, I would definitely like to write about you. But otherwise, you know, it's it's difficult for me to do that because this is what my audience expects. And if I'm writing about stuff that's out of the area, it just defeats the purpose of what we're doing. Yeah, um, everything they said pretty well covered it. And I, I, I do want to stress one thing again. Um, be persistent. Don't, don't do a one and done and be a quitter because that's, that's, that's not gonna do any good. You gotta drive determination and dedication is noticed by people 
that are in the biz. They're there to help you, and if they, they, they admire people that do the work. And uh, you want to you wanna surround yourself with, with your people that you know you can trust and build a team that will pay huge dividends down the road as, um, you know, your, your people that you want to surround yourselves with the best and most honest people that you can and build relationships. If, if there's anything I can say today, um, you know, I'm older, I'm old enough to be a lot of your dads. Um, but I built some really good relationships with people that matter. And uh, you can't, you, no amount of money can buy that. So you, that, that's the one thing I would say to everyone is really there's, there, you want to surround yourself with good people. As an indie publication, too, uh, you know, we're, we have different expectations and things of us. Like if you work for, uh, you know, a major newspaper or a magazine or something like that, there's certain things that come to, there's an edict from an editor or something like that, that you have to do this, you have to do that, and that sort of thing. And we're more open with that kind of stuff. Like we can do stuff that's a little outside of the box and that sort of thing. So you might want to, you know, find us. Like if, if you uh, have a song that you want to uh, stream or something like that, like you have a new song, everything should be an important thing that you do like you shouldn't just uh, downplay that like oh we have a new song I see a lot of bands they'll put out they'll take a song and uh, you know they spend all this time they maybe spend a year recording it or whatever and they just upload it to a thing and they just put it on Facebook and go look here's a song that's not a big deal. No one really cares. And you notice it doesn't really get noticed. You know, even your friends just kind of scroll right by. It's like, whatever, we've heard about this a hundred times. But if you make, like, like in our case, uh, we do song premieres. We do video premieres on the website where we make it an exclusive to our website. And so that helps us because uh, I'm always worried about traffic numbers. I have to keep up traffic numbers because that means advertisers are interested in what we're doing because we have a lot of traffic coming off of our site. So I want bands that are not only going to give us those types of things, but we're going to make it a big deal for you. We we're going to help you because now it's an exclusive premiere and we're going to do an article about that song specifically and what it means to you and that sort of thing. So there's so, and you see uh, publications across the country doing stuff like that, uh, big and small. And that is so important to make it a big deal. Even if it doesn't really seem like it is a big deal, uh, it, it can be. And and uh, for, for a, a place like me, it's so important that the band also help promote as well. You know, I'm going to work with bands that are like, hey, any PAC rocks. These guys are great. Here's a link to their page. You need to invite your friends to tell, to tell us about it because I don't have the advertising dollars that a major corporation does to just buy a billboard and say, check out our website. You know, like I, you know, we've built a, a, a team over the last two years that are mostly made up of artists that we feature and then we go it's a, it's a reciprocal thing when we go back and forth and we help each other you know if I have an event they promote it if they have an event we promote it and vice versa you know we, we, we help each other and, and if you talk good about that that publication they're going to be more interested in featuring you in the future they're like wow these guys blew this thing up on social media and gave us a ton of traffic I'm definitely going to want to feature these guys again because they care, you know, they, they, they care about me just as much as I care about them. I'm going to, um, I'm going to go ahead and, and say something that maybe some other journalists and editors and newspaper might disagree with. Um, but a, a long time ago, if you look at what local newspapers were doing in the seventies, 
You would get your newspaper, the national news would be the front page. What's going on in the country would be right up front. Um, a while ago that changed. Now you get your newspaper and Wilkes-Barre, Scranton, Community News is the first thing we show our readership, right? The newspapers around here are relatively small market newspapers, right? So you, you have to keep in mind that whether you believe this or not, being a local artist and working locally within your community, right? Doing community effort things, right? Uh, benefit shows, uh, uh, you know, releasing a new record like we were talking about before. This makes this very, very newsworthy in, to our readership, okay? If I can help it, every time I have an option to make a local band doing something that would be considered newsworthy a high priority, I do that, right? I'm not gonna run a story about a nationally touring band playing in the Lehigh Valley or playing in Jim Thorpe or even playing in the Poconos over a Scranton band or a Wilkes-Barre band doing something locally here, right? Keeping that in mind, it's really important to understand what's going on because when Willie Nelson plays on Sunday at Montage Mountain, he's gonna get some coverage. You know what I mean? Okay, so, so when those nationally touring and iconic artists come through our neighborhood, yes, they get a little bit of precedent. Other than that, when you're here, when you're in Scranton and Wilkes-Barre and any, anywhere in between, being a local artist actually makes you a commodity. Right? Um, I think a lot of people don't know that. I mean, you know, we do, uh, the, the guy that I work with, excellent writer, hell of a dude, his name is Gene Axton. Every single week he does, a, he does a, uh, an article card called Quick Chord in The Weekender, right? You don't even have to be, have new music out to be the Quick Chord feature. You just gotta get in touch with Gene and say, this is our band, this is what we're doing, you know? It's brand new for us, we just put this together and now we're out playing together and we're working on new music. That, that is all the quick chord feature is, you know? And, and we love that, that's one of our favorite things to do and we find that people who read our publication like that feature better than they like what's on the cover, right? So if Willie Nelson gets the cover this past week, which he did, most people are picking up that weekender to read about your band in Quick Court. All right, I wanna I wanna take this a little bit further with um, you know Joe started this with asking about the difference between you know what makes a, a local band maybe make that transition to a uh, nationally touring band. What gets that exposure out there from the from the journalistic standpoint? One of the things I think that local bands, if if you're on the cusp. If you're getting to that point where you are several months out of the year hitting the road because you are getting the type of uh, you know fan base where you're traveling the tri-state area or going west a little bit or going south a little bit, really, really important to come home and do stuff, right? Um, you take a page out of the book of bands like the Menzingers and Tidal Fight and Motionless in White and Cabinet, right? When those guys come home and they do a big show in Scranton, newspapers go crazy for that, man. I mean, that's like, that's, that's a big deal, right? That's our, that's our culture growing and then coming back home and still appreciating that. That's the best kind of stuff, you know? So it's always important, I think, for, for you know, groups that are in that transition period to keep their ties to home. I mean, I talk to some of those guys sometimes, and they're like, man, we're not going anywhere. You know, they love it here. And the reason why Cabinet does two Christmas shows a year at the Kirby Center 
and puts on Susquehanna Breakdown at Montage Mountain and Motionless and White just wrote a song called 570. I mean, that's, that's a story for me. I, I, I hit the roof when I hear stuff like that. So something to keep in mind. We have time for one more question. <clears throat> we actually got emailed a question for this panel last week. Um, and I want to make it be able to pertain to everybody. It was more geared towards print stuff. So it was actually, it was a really simple question, so I'll try to elaborate a little bit more. They just said, ask the Weekender when they're going to bring back the band ads that you guys, so apparently they used to sell the little band ads to the people. So I want to elaborate a little bit more upon, you know, is there anything bands can do? Like, so now you're at a point where you're out there playing a lot. Maybe you have a little bit of a, you have a bank, bank account for your band. You have a little bit of advertising budget. What can they do? What's worth it? What's not? To spend a little bit of money to advertise with your different outlets, and that also helps you guys out a little bit. So I'm gonna I'm gonna be the first one to say this one's a little over my head. Okay. First of all, when I started full time Times Leader, they were no longer doing that. First of all. Um, secondly, I can tell you this. Uh, it's a little bit past me too, because I have no idea what. Right. It, what... Um, Rich, I'm sure can speak to this better than I can. Uh, um. um <laughs> Advertising is expensive. It is. All right. It's it's. If you if 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 you're if you're developing a bank account for your band, and that is covering like, let's say you're getting out of town a little bit, right? Just like just like I was referencing before. I think that good advice for a band that's just starting to bring in some money from gigging is to hold on to that money for a little while and use it to develop your band. Keep the van working. Keep, you know, money for equipment repairs. You know, maybe buy the new guitar or kit that you've been looking at before you think about advertising, okay? Um, I would, my advertising director would burn me at the stake for saying this, okay? But the, the fact of the matter is that it is expensive. They're, 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 these are large sums of money to get yourself in there once. Um, now, that being said, if things really start going well for you, if you are at a point where you have a manager that you know is taking care of you and and you know has been with you for a long time, and and you know if you get to a point where everybody is actually making money in your band, sure, advertise. You know, get the word out there. There's no harm in it, but I would look toward taking care of your infrastructure internally before you start thinking about ads. That's me. Uh, to, to build on that, uh, what we talked before about press kits and press releases and things like that, uh, a good investment for your money is to help other independent artists. There are many hardworking photographers in the area, and I see bands all the time that take their hard work for absolutely free and use it on all their promotional stuff, and they could care less about that original photographer. They'll t if, if, he has a, if he has a watermark on it, they cut it right off. You know, if if, if, uh, if they post it, they do not link back to that person and say, hey, this is where it came from. And that, it, it sucks. It and it's hurtful to everybody overall. Because then that, that, that 
group, that, that uh, photographer is going to go, I'm not going to cover that guy's shows. He always rips off my stuff all the time. But if you work with somebody together and say, hey, you know what? We saved up a couple hundred bucks. We'd love to hire you for a photo shoot. Let's do a professional band photo shoot. And then, you know, we'll use those photos. And then when we do use them, even though we paid you, we're still going to give you photo credit. Like if we, if we, for, we get an, uh, an article in a, in a local publication, we're going to make sure, hey, by the way, this guy took the photo. Make sure you put his photo credit on there too. Things like that go a long way. In my case, uh, being an indie publication, one of the things that we've done uh, uh, that's a little outside of the box, a little bit different, is we started these uh, open mic events. And uh, they are, have been a great way for us to get a, a little bit of money in there and uh, money to the actual artists themselves. So you know, we're giving away money and prizes to artists who come every single week and we feature them and we give them free high definition photos that they can do what they want with and everything else. And I've seen people all the time take that content and never give us any credit, don't don't care, whatever, they come and go. Or, you know, like we have t-shirts, we have stickers and buttons. The stickers and buttons are a dollar. So we've had people who've won hundreds of dollars, thousands of dollars, they've won prize packages, things like that. And they look at me and they're like, I'm not paying for that. I'm not, I'm, I won't give you a dollar. I'm not gonna throw a dollar in, but I'm gonna expect a lot out of you. And I think some people, because there's such a vilification of media, you hear the word media, and people think bad thoughts. They think they're terrible, they're evil, they're, they're this big conglomerate, and they're, the propaganda is destroying our country, and blah, blah, blah. And at the end of the day, it's just a bunch of really cool, hardworking people who maybe have some shitty corporate overlords that are trying to do that shit, but a lot of people, at the end of the day, are actually pretty cool, and they really want to do their jobs, and they care. And the reason that they're into the industry that really sucks to work for, and you get underpaid and underappreciated, is because we care. So, I, and that I think has to go both ways, you know, like buying that t-shirt means now I can pay a bill. I haven't, you know, when I start any PA scene, I'm two years in, I have yet to, to pay myself. I have never taken a paycheck in two years because I'm building a business. And those first couple years, you just don't get paid. You just have to, you have to live that reality. And not everybody has that opportunity, and I'm really grateful for that uh, because the artists have really been our audience. They have really, like, they were the first people to read us. They were the ones that said, hey, you know, this guy's a good guy. We know he cares. We're going to support him no matter what he does. You know, even if he's down on his luck, we're going to help him out. We're going to go to his events and things like that. And I see a lot of the artists who maybe don't even perform at our open mic events just come out and support. They just, they just want to hang out, they buy a couple of drinks, now the venue's happy, so the venue's going to pay me. Everything's wonderful, you know? But it, 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 go, it goes all the ways. I think people just, uh, they do a show and they expect, well, why isn't the press here? And then they get pissed at them. It's like, probably because they have 500 other things going on, not to mention the fact that most of the time when they're coming out to see your show, they're not getting paid for that. There's this big, you know, thing like, oh, media has uh, millions of dollars behind it and stuff like that. Even the biggest media corporations have cut and cut and cut. And those the, the people that are left are are underpaid and underappreciated and very very overworked uh, to to the point of insanity. You know, there there's a reason that uh, journalism is rated year after year as the number one worst job to have. 
And that's over lumberjack, that's over like construction worker, that's over everything else. There's, there's, uh, it's, it's, a, it's a tough job and it chews people and spits people out. So anything that you can do to make our jobs easier and to sympathize with us and put yourself in our shoes sometimes is, is huge, huge. Uh, because we love you guys and we really want to do this, otherwise we wouldn't be here. Yeah, they, they covered it pretty much uh, to the T. And I would say, uh, like, when, when media people come to take pictures and so forth of you, um, you, need to, you need to let them know that you appreciate that. Because more times than not, they're very smart people. And they don't forget that stuff. And you, you have to treat people with respect. And chances are, if you do that, the next time or the time after that that you happen to play in town, people like that will be there again. They'll be there. But you've got to earn their respect. But if you don't, you know, it, it, it's just the way it is. And another thing he said, with my TV show, The Pennsylvania Pipeline, I hemorrhage cash. I haven't made a dollar I mean, I spend all my own money, even bands that throw us bones towards, that doesn't even scratch the surface. And I do it because I love it. It's not because, of it. trust me, if you're in it for the money, you might as well bag it right now, because it's not gonna happen that way. You gotta start out, you gotta love it, and you gotta own it. It's the only thing, it's consumed my life. I don't, have a, I don't have a wife or kids. I've passed on all that stuff. But I got that, and uh, if, if you're in it, you're, like he said, he's, he's hemorrhaging cash too. He does it because he loves it and hoping that one day it's gonna, it's gonna pan out. But if you think you're gonna be on a fast track and it's gonna go from zero to top, you're, <laughs> you're kidding yourself. It's not going to happen. I'm gonna piss off my bosses just like you pissed off yours. Uh, yeah, save your money, don't, don't buy advertising, but what you could do from a radio perspective to help us is if you're playing in a club, again, using the record release thing as, a, as an example, ask that club to advertise with us. Let them spend the money to promote your show. I love everything that I've heard here this afternoon, I really have. Um, I could touch on everything that all these fine people have said with their experience and their knowledge. Pretty much just make sure that you love on what you do and don't ever lose the passion for what you do. You will be jaded. You will be jaded. A lot of people will F you over. They will talk shit to you. They will promise you things that are not gonna happen. And they're going to promise you things that they can't even do. A lot of people jump into the kind of business journalism and stuff, and they have no clout. And it's because they don't want to have any clout. They want to hang out. They're not doing the work behind it. They don't have the passion. They're not spending all their own money. They're just hanging in. It's um, fashionable, I guess would be a word to say. Um, so be careful with that. Don't ever get jaded. Always keep your passion and just let things happen. There's no one set way to make it. There's not. What happened for one other person might not happen for you, but just, just keep, stay in love with it. That's what got you here. And always stay a fan. Always stay a fan. Don't ever stop being a fan. I want to thank everybody for being part of this panel. First of all, I also think that this panel in general speaks a lot to the, what the Electric City Music Conference is. You weren't seeing you two on a panel together three years ago. Not you particularly, but The Weekender and Northeast VA. That wasn't happening. Probably weren't seeing you years ago. You didn't ask. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. 
if you had one rolled, I would have been here. The yeah, exactly. Day. There you go. Yeah. But no, thanks everybody so much for being part of this. And we're going to hop right into, please nobody leave the next panel if I get everybody to come on up for the taking the next step panel. This is going to be a really good one. This is going to be very beneficial. We're going to hop right into things and get it started.